0: My name is michael steinberg and welcome to the future motion podcast where we talk about everything that's coming down the line in the motion design industry and where we also discuss cool vr ar xr and metaverse things that are happening so today we have with us an amazing visual artist and photographer who goes by the name of shakespeare you guys have got to look up his work He's been getting into something I almost want to call new or something I haven't really seen done too much. It's photogrammetry and not just with your phone, but he's bringing them into a studio that's actually using over a 100 cameras to capture a single 3D model. And it is so cool. And he's taking these models, bringing them into Cinema 4D and just making jaw-dropping masterpieces like i i absolutely love it and i feel like it goes a lot with what this podcast is about which is the future of our industry and i just feel we're going to see a lot more of this coming down the line so anyway i'm excited for this episode i hope you guys are too let's just go ahead and get this going let's do this this is the future motion podcast With your host, Michael Steinberg. Shakespeare, man. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely, man. How you been? What you been up to this week?
1: It's Fashion Week in New York right now. I don't know which episode is this going to be. But yeah, right now, as of where we record, it's still in the middle of Fashion Week. So I was visual directing a show. So pretty busy for that and finish the show and then some fashion events you just had to go say hello you know just small talk to show your face (laughs) yeah but I think I'm done with it so last night was my last
0: fashion event I supposed to be at I guess and that's it wow yeah I saw your Instagram you've been busy and I love too fashion week because you can just go outside in manhattan and you just know it's fashion week based on who's walking around and yeah you right. see all
1: these people right and they just like dress in an unusual way and then a lot of models yeah find, like, all the attractive
0: people just walking around right it like instantly goes to the higher class of hunger games you're like who are these people right now? And then you're like, oh, it's fashion week it's got to be fashion week yeah every time every time dude well that's awesome man well i'm excited to hear about that do you got uh, anything else going on you've been going through to movies i'm actually almost in the mental breakdown right now because
1: <laughs> i have serious deadline that i don't think i'm able to pull it off so yeah i don't know what happened just all of a sudden just put too much like i took too much jobs uh yeah anyway.
0: yeah
1: I, you know, I, I think i overestimate I, my, my
0: ability It's when you like don't know how to say no so you just keep saying it i think it's a way better problem to have than saying i don't have any work and i just need something to come in
1: well but you know it's the kind of work that i took it just because for the sake of uh I just want to spread this thing out like the most of them are not really paying Mm -hmm. you know so i'm just doing it as a favor or for very little money and i just want to get this thing out because in fashion i i I think people are so scared of 3d right now and what i do is a little bit unusual it's kind of very new no it is very new i never seen anyone use it the way i use so People just really scared of it. Like, I'm not joking. Like last month I got canceled four times for (laughs) job. Okay. Okay. They just come. They see something like my agent sent the client something. They're like, oh, it's cool. We like it. And then they come, they have meeting with me. And then they realize, oh, it's 3D. And then they just hold my day. And then to the very last day, and then they choose some regular photographer and then they just cancel it they just got sorry we don't have any we don't want anything to do with 3d
0: (laughs) right yo i absolutely love your work that's why i'm so excited to have you on the podcast right now because what you do is also super unique so let's just go ahead and ask this question right off the bat (laughs) for anybody listening can you kind of just go into exactly what you do and just kind of just. (laughs) Describe <laughs> it step by step because it's so unique man and different
1: okay so first of all I had to say I'm, I'm definitely honored you actually <laughs> asked me to be on this podcast because I really don't think I'm good at 3d like I told you the first time we met I was only start to do 3d myself mm-hmm. like maybe three four months right yeah I was like because I started like the beginning of April. It's the first time that I really used Blender. I did the donut. (laughs) (laughs) I made a donut. And then after that, you know, and then just like, okay, I I was just going to do this. And then I'm a fashion photographer for 11 years. And uh, before that, I actually studied fine art. So now I just kind of use 3D and some fashion photography technique, just like all mixed up together. So it's like a mixed media. So yeah, I'm just creating something kind of like fashion, but not really fashion, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know how to market myself. I think my agent, they have big issues <laughs> <laughs> right now. Cause they, they're like, you're not a photographer. You're not really a director. Cause I also make video. Mm-hmm. And then they just like I also consult for fashion brands for their marketing strategy stuff like that. So. I really don't know. I don't know what I am. I just tell people I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an artist like everybody else in New York. <laughs>
0: Love that. <it. laughs> yeah, man, because yeah. everything you're doing is just so different. I mean, it's like I'm seeing these 3D models, then, yeah, I'm seeing photography, and then I'm seeing you get thanked at fashion shows for art directing. I'm like, God, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I just have idea. I had to
1: use them, right? <laughs> and I'm really thankful that people really trust me mm-hmm. for whatever. Like, I think they like my eyes, what I see, what I
0: think. And they just use me. <laughs> I'm thankful. I feel like that's something where I wanted to even get in with you. And one thing that I'm excited to talk about is that I had Suki on and I feel like I also had a photography background and you excelled way past me and I've only been in 3d for maybe like two years, but doing animation for a long time, but having such a strong photography background. And like you said, people see that you have a good eye for design. I think it's just super Mm -hmm. exciting for a lot of new people to see that if you are a good artist in other aspects in the field, When you translate that into 3D, it works. You can really Mm -hmm. take your eye, whether it's in like illustration, painting, photography. And when you switch over to 3D, a lot of that transfers over because instantly, man, within just being three to four months in, your photography, I feel like your work, from what I've seen, how you shoot and a lot of these sets, that translates into 3D. And it's just, your work is Mm. beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I I think with photography too, it's just something where you learn a lot of these basic techniques, where is somebody that just jumps into 3D won't have. You learn composition, you learn about lighting, which is just Mm -hmm. so crucial in 3D that a lot of people just don't understand. Oh my God, the lighting for 3D, I actually love it because
1: you actually don't have to ask some people on set, you're just like, hey, do you mind move this light over here and tweet it a little bit and then just this angle and then just test the light. No, you don't have to do that. Like in fashion, that's why I love 3D right now. Cause I just, I can literally just move the sun <laughs> I'm going to move that motherfucker. Okay. If I say it's like 6pm, I want to do 6pm, you know, we don't have to wait for all day or we... I, I don't know. To me, I that's, I really enjoying that part.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's just ask, so I just want to know, how did you get into this field? Where did you start exactly into photography or did you always want to be a photographer or did you start off doing anything else like drawing or anything?
1: Yeah, so I would say everything in my life is very unexpected. (laughs) I never thought I would be a photographer. Like when I was younger, not even a thought. I just really like art. First of all, I think I always an art person. So when I was younger, I watch a lot of Japanese anime and I just draw these little thing, you know, and then my mom, Chinese parents, they really don't support that. But after so many, so many years, I draw so many things and then they just like, okay, they kind of gave up. So they found me a tutor. So I start to paint. So when I was 14 and then I become like an art student. So back in China, if you decide you want to be an art student, you will be kind of like put in a special class, at least in my Mm. school, so we can kind of escape math class. So that's a good (laughs) thing for me as well, because I'm just not really good at math. And then so, yeah, so I start to paint. And then I just did like the whole painting for my junior high and high school. And then after that, I went to college in Yunnan this province in China. So I studied contemporary media art. The reason I chose it because I was a little bit tired of painting and I don't think I was really good at it. So I thought maybe I can see some other format of art, right? That's what I was thinking. So that's a kind of like very new and weird major in my school. Mm. I think we are the first bunch actually studied it (laughs) because it's so new it's called contemporary media art so they encourage you to use any kind of media to create your art but at the same time they want to teach you everything so i actually studied a little bit 3d not a lot we had to learn a little bit 3d x max at school Mm. but you know that was like 16 years ago you know how 3D <laughs> looked like. I wasn't interested at all. I hate that class so yeah. much. So uh, only after a few months, I had to transfer. So I start to get really into Flash. Remember that software? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Flash was hip. Flash right. was really cool. Everybody was using yeah. it. All the websites, so flashy, you know, when you open it. So that's what i did and i thought okay i'm gonna be an artist also i kind of did a little bit of sculpting and uh, installation and at the same time i interned assisting for some well-established artists in china and then sometimes i host their show help them to do exhibitions so i would just start to take photos for them to document the whole thing Mm. Most of the artists I assist is contemporary artists. They do weird stuff like installation. I just do all that, but I thought that was my way to get into art. That's how I always thought I will be somewhat like artist or at least like art installator. Oh, an
0: art, interesting.
1: Yeah, because that's what I study, and I really like the whole installation part of the art. Mm. Cause I get to explore different material and then use them. But you know, somehow like life just took you to whatever (laughs) the journey they want. So one time I get asked a favor, like I was doing a favor. So I'm helping a Chinese big art magazine to do some photography for a Chinese installation artist. So I went to the show and then at the art show they decide they want to put a model in there so i just take photos with the art and the model and then there's a makeup artist on set she saw my work which is nothing about fashion it's a, a lot of nudity a lot of don't make sense installation art pieces with weird stuff but she just think i have potential to do fashion and then she introduced wow. me to Elle Magazine next week after that. And then we had lunch with Elle Magazine. And then I start to shoot the, for them. And then after one story out, everyone likes it. And everyone start to hire me as a fashion photographer. It just took off, you know, but I never wow. even planned it.
0: I didn't know fashion at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what happens, man. I actually had a little bit of a similar story where I was doing a little videography doing kind of like I was at school and one of my teachers recommended me to one of his friends to shoot this piano concert he was at. So I was just kind of shooting some video and there was a Mm -hmm. photographer on set and they were like, can I see your camera? Cause you're getting like really bold with a lot of your shots. You're going on the stage and you're getting these fun angles. I just yeah. showed him my camera what I was shooting with video. They're like, you can do this with pictures, right? I was like, I mean, it's just a picture versus a video. And uh, yeah, I got uh-huh. hired to do hundreds of weddings. So Oh,
1: wow. That's cool. Yeah,
0: like they were like high-end million-dollar weddings and stuff. It was just one of those things where, yeah, you just don't know where life's going to take you. You know, you just keep doing the best you can at every opportunity and things yeah. just come your way. So in your internships, were you getting that through school or is that something you just kind of pursued on your own i pursued my own like i was so young and
1: so stupid and so (laughs) i have this confidence come from nowhere seriously i was really just saw a post on the street one day i saw they are hosting an art exhibition it looks very international there's artists coming from europe blah blah and was like oh that's cool so i actually just went to that studio because they also have the address, whatever. I I don't exactly remember, but I somehow managed to find them, mm. and it's really close to my school. So I knock the door. It's all white people. <laughs> somehow in China, you open, so you know, you, you open the door. It's like all white people. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck, (laughs) my English is not really, really, my English is still broken right now, but like back then my English was so poor, you know, like I can speak some, but not like at this level. So I would just kind of introduce myself a little bit. And then I told them, I want to find a job or whatever internship, if I could, you know, blah, 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 basically just introduce yourself. And then they actually took me and then they, I I had to say like these artists or the foundation organizers, they are so nice. Mm. They treat me so well for those years. They took me to everywhere. So I, I did open my eyes a bit. So I see more opportunity. I see more possibility. And I also, I think I understand art and how art industry works better. Yeah, so that's how it happened. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just, yeah, they didn't ask. <laughs> no one asked. <laughs> I <Yeah>. did. <laughs> well, so when you got into the job, going into from kind of internship into the working field? What was that transition like for you? And then what was that leveling up process? Because now you're in America, right? I mean, New York. So yeah, how did you go from being an intern? And then what was that journey like in China? And then what made you make a decision to pack up and move across the world?
1: Yeah, I actually did a lot in my
0: life. So while I interned for them,
1: of course there's no pay, but they actually really nice. They provide me a apartment to stay at. Wow. Stay in. So I stayed in that apartment for like two years almost. So at the same time I had to make some money for to leave, to eat, whatever. Right. So I was also a professional dancer <laughs> What?
0: <laughs> I
1: actually danced for some Chinese Jesus. pop star big names Like, but I'm not gonna name anymore but you know because like, I don't want to associate with that part anymore but okay wow. I also work in the club but basically I had a really busy life so in the evening I work in the club to 4 AM and then I will wake up 8 AM then just help these artists to do something. You know, sometimes they don't ask me to work every day, mm. which is good. You know, so I just work like a few days for them and then in the afternoon, usually I would just go to a gym and then teach a dance class or whatever. And the rest of the time I just do my own stuff. And then I started a design studio with a really good friend of mine there. Mm. And we start to do all these design. And I was pretty good at Flash and Illustrator because the Victor art was own trend. So we actually did manage to make some money out of wow. it. But after two years, I just think the city I was at, it's called Kueming. It's the capital city of that province, Yunnan province. But I think it's too small for mm-hmm. me. So I moved to Shanghai in 2007 or 2008. Wow. Yeah. Now after in Shanghai because my ex-boss from the Art Foundation, they introduced me to some people. So I'm able to just to get some work, but still not enough. So I took a full-time job. At a fashion company just help them to do some catalog design and writing some copyright for their catalogs really i i wouldn't say stupid but you know it's like tacky words you know make the girl open the catalog feel good you know
0: basic
1: i did that for three years at the same time because i already started working as a fashion photographer so on the weekend i would just focus to do my own personal well, test shoot because i knew okay so if i want to do fashion i want to have more work in my book more fashion right. work so i would just organize my own shoe so basically i non-stop just i always work on few jobs but after three years i quit that job and then i moved to australia because there's opportunity. so i just went to australia so i live in australia for four or five years And then I'm now in New York for, this is my eighth year. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I can't even comprehend
0: it, man. Your life is just amazing. You got to write a book, man. I don't even think we're going to be able to get everything. (laughs) Everybody wants to hear in this one podcast. Yeah. Sometimes when I think about it, I was like, I have done a lot in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Okay. So I just want to, because one of the hardest challenges I think for most artists, is kind of taking a leap of moving from a smaller town to a bigger town for work. So Mm. if you can just tell me, like, what was kind of going through a little bit of your head going from a small town to a bigger town, and that was in China, correct? And then from China, Mm -hmm. how do you even, not to say we have so many international listeners here, but how do you then Mm -hmm. go from... A country to another country like what is your thought process on that and was it purely for work or is it mainly for adventure or both when i was
1: younger i always knew i want to live in another country mm. like no doubt like when i watch japanese anime and you know what like the first time i had uh, remember when we still have these walkman <laughs> The first, how do you say that tape, right? Music Oh yeah. Tape. Like a cassette tape. Cassette tape. Yeah. The first one I got is Michael Jackson. <laughs> nice. It's so different than what everybody else around me listened to. Cause they listened to whatever, all these like Cantonese music because Cantonese music was really on trend. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think back then, not now anymore, like back then, I think all the Chinese music and TV show, or they always just sing sad songs. (laughs) And even the TV show, it's always about sad family issue. I'm not that kind of person. I'm like, really, I want high energy. I like vibrant stuff. I like vibe. Also, I think I'm not saying good or bad, it's just very different. But you know, when I was younger, I was like, I, I want to able to dance that kind of music blah blah so you know like always i think i'm just drawn into that kind of high energy culture but back then i didn't understand it's american culture but now we grow up we know okay it's because it's all hollywood whatever yeah it's just like influence the world It's good and bad. Now, like I'm a little bit older. I'm actually a little bit tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I start to appreciate my Chinese side more and more every day. You know, I I think my art is very subtle. I still have my Chinese side in my art work. And then I just moved to Shanghai and I really like Shanghai. And then after that, I was looking for opportunity to go study abroad. Mm -hmm. So I actually study French for two years, also on the spread time. So I passed my French test. Wow. I get really high score and I got the school at Marseille. I didn't get the visa in the end. So either I choose to stay one more year and then go for that because the school you had to wait for one more year if you don't go. Oh, okay. Or I go somewhere else. And then there's opportunity I can go to Sydney, Australia for a bit. And then I just went. I love that you learned French and then went to Australia. (laughs) I know, right? And I never even learned English. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, like, that's my life. If I learn anything on purpose, I would never do (laughs) it. That's how I feel. Like, okay, I learned art. I learned dance. Actually, I learned this. I never actually able to do it for a living. But if anything, I just pick up on the way, it, right. honey, like I'm using
0: yeah. it, <laughs> it pays my bill. You know? Right. <laughs> so how did you get to Sydney, Australia? So you got that offer through your job or, or school? It's something else, but yeah, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: it's personal issue. Okay. It's personal. So, but basically I went, like I was kind of doubting because I never thought about go to Australia because mm. my first option is France and then maybe England and then maybe America, wow. but you know, Australia, who would ever even thought about Australia if you're artist? I guess nobody. Right, right, I'm sorry if any Australian <laughs> listen to this, they're going to be mad. There's so many Australians in New York you have no idea. Yeah, so right. yeah, basically, I just went to Australia, I enjoyed the lifestyle, but after four years, I feel like, I remember that was my first time moving to a majority white country, Right. that was my first time start to realize there is racism. Because when you grow up with all the Asian around you, everyone looks the same. You don't have this racist idea in your mind. You don't know what it mm. is. You don't know how. It, but I went to Australia and I think Australia, they are even less politically correct than America, right? So people, they would just say things so randomly in front of you and then make you feel like, oh, so I am Asian. So you do think a bit less. Wow. Wow of me. Right. For example, I was just showing my book in the agency and then the agent would literally just tell me why you have so many Asian model in your book. And I was like, I would never even thought about it. Wow. that's not a problem. <laughs> like, cause I'm from Shanghai, <laughs> hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I'm from Shanghai? Of course I'm shooting a lot of Asian model. You're right. And then she followed this. She said, but you know, in Australia, Asians, a minority, I don't think the audience really care about them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, remember, this was back in like 2010, 2011, I guess, 2011. Right. So you see, like, of course, things are changing. Things are progressing, right? But I think 10 years ago, things are a bit different. You Absolutely. Know? I, I think... Nowadays, definitely better now for sure. Yeah. Yeah, But that kind of made me think a little bit more. And for the work I was doing in Australia, a lot of them just not as what I wanted. Mm. It's just the team that I work there, the style, whatever. I just feel like, no, I need to do more. So I came to New York after that. And then I just signed the agency real quick here. And then they actually rushed me to move here sooner than I expected. I was just here 2012 or 2013 for a little quick trip, visit a friend. And then I stay here for 30 days. She's busy. So I have all these times. I just start to email agency here. And I met a few of them, maybe like five or four of them. I think two of them gave me an offer. And it's like, hey, like, if you want to sign with us, but I signed with one of them and then after that i went back to australia they keep emailing me every month when are you coming when are you coming when are you coming and i was like okay cool i should go you know so i just moved here 2014 early 2014.
0: yeah that's how i ended here i love that i love that and that's one thing man people need to i think reach out of their bubble if they want to move to a big city kind of like you did And I think that's a great idea is going to a city and finding either a friend or even if it's an Airbnb and going up and then just start applying or checking out areas because Mm -hmm. New York just has so much opportunity. Same with LA and these big cities. It's just crazy. In Charlotte, I'm not even kidding you, in one month, there might be four job opportunities for motion graphics. And in New York, there's probably about 20 postings a week on Google. Really? I, I, <laughs> I would let you know where these jobs at. <laughs> I thought you said you had too much work. You need more work? <laughs> but,
1: you know, but the work, like I said, right now, I'm really just doing a lot of favors or I maybe they call passion project. Also, I'm really busy on my own personal project. Yeah. you know, I'm really just drawn into that. But like when it comes to paid jobs, to be honest, I think COVID did affect my industry quite a bit. I'm just really lucky I have a good habit of saving. So I have a good amount of
0: saving that support me to today for like almost 18 months. right? Yeah, because I didn't (laughs) even think about that. But being in the photography industry is very much a person to person kind of. Yeah, you had to be on set. Wow. and you had to rely on the team you can't just do it yourself right that is cr- i didn't even yeah. think about that yeah so that must have really because for my field and i know you're getting into 3d now but most of the stuff i'm also talking about is after effects which i'm excited yeah. to see what you start to do once you <laughs> if you learn after effects <laughs> um but I am learning a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not, later we talk about like the stuff I do is so dirty and stupid. Like, <laughs> I, dude, I, I, oh man, I'm excited to get into that. So let's just finish up the whole roundabout on how we're here right now. So you get to New York about eight years ago. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen your portfolio. And when I first met you, I just couldn't even believe the amount of top celebrities and idols and stuff that you've worked with and shot and done work with. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you go into your photography route in New York? And what was that coming up? And how did you also see your style change coming here if you even did see your style change?
1: Yeah, I did. I actually, sometimes I think I changed my style on purpose. Sometimes I always kind of have a strategy. I will do things on a strategy base. Sometimes I had to say that it's sometimes it's all calculated, but as we all know my story, when I calculate something, it never really happened. It was like other things happen. But I, when I first moved here, I think my work was really like a bit too much because i'm an art student i always just get i i think my most influenced by renaissance arts and even rococo back then mm. it's like i do believe okay i tell people this is my style is too much is never enough because you know everyone's like less is more less is more i was like no no no. i'm too much is never enough you know so that's how i market myself then so also because i have all these installation background and sculpture i would have to say i was the first chinese photographer who built set in china Mm. back then everyone just take location or they just do clean studio but i was the only one I went to the sculpture factory. I supervised all the sculpture. I did all these enlarged, huge props for my set for a few years. That's how I get my name in the industry and people really know me. And then after that, you know, I moved to New York. I do realize people here, first of all, it's too expensive for them to produce such big set and props. Oh, 100%. And second of all, I don't think the prop stylists here, they not coming from like me, like installation or sculpture background. So they don't do things like that. Right. So I slowly just change my style a little bit. I wish I just use color and then I use still some props sometimes. But I actually liked it. I just think it's more mature. It's more classic, I guess. Also, I think my influence moves from Rococo to more like a neoclassicism mm-hmm. and then more to like even modern or postmodern. So I would just reference artists a little bit more clean, but they use vibrant color. But I had to say, I never reference from photo. I always reference from art, especially classic art or whatever paintings.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So then you were working with the company, your art style develops. What was kind of like your career path going along with your evolution of style?
1: Okay. So like, besides that three years working in a really tacky Chinese brand, right? I won't name it, but like, it wasn't good. You know, right now, a lot of Chinese brands, they are so cool. I love them. But back then 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't good, but that's my only time working in the office and after that, I just freelance. So, uh, you know, hmm. I don't work for a company. So, you know, I freelance for my whole life. pretty much. So it really depends sometimes for commercial job, especially big paycheck jobs there's not much freedom for creativity right because i think the photographer is on the last end pretty much because they already have the concept they already have the script writer and then they already have the art director and creative director they already have the whole thing the mood board right so they really just want to look for a photographer that capable to do that job. So you just do it and then you get paid. Somewhat they will kind of try to merge your style into a little bit, for example, like color or composition. But I think 80% just not really you, mm-hmm. you just do it to pay your bill. But for magazines, there's more freedom to play with. But the thing is magazine, they don't really have budgets. Sometimes you had to work with budget, not sometimes, all the time. <laughs> and sometimes if you really like that project, you believe in it as a photographer, you will pay some money to do it. Mm-hmm. So when I do magazine, I will have, like you said, if I change my style, I will say like, when I first started, I knew I had to be different, so I see everyone's doing really clean, classic photography with model or background or location. So I knew I had to do something different, which is what I like anyway. So I like a lot of color. I like a lot of props. For my early shoots, I'm not kidding. My shoot will involve like 3,000 props because small or large, you know, I just put them all together. And then model pretty much disappeared with all these props. That's my style. But it's very very noticeable. So people see that photo, people think, oh, that's Shakespeare. So that will help you to get some exposure. And that's what my advice for young artists. I think it's always nice to do something a little bit different when you were younger and you try to grow and try to get some attention. You should do that. But after that, I think you can be more yourself and then just calm down a little bit. I don't know, but just be more commercial friendly, I guess, even though right now I don't think my work is super commercial friendly, but yeah that way we are commercial artists
0: i'm not like a real (laughs) artist i do (laughs) fake art that's what people say no your stuff is stunning it is funny that you mentioned before the lack of control you sometimes get on bigger projects because Mm -hmm. it really the bigger the project it's kind of like the more delegated each little thing gets to a different artist yeah it's like i'm sure if you talk to the storyboard person we had here they'd be like Yeah, well, you know, so we had someone else illustrate. We had someone else buy the props. We had someone else do that. All I did was just say, I like red.
1: Yeah. You really just be on set and then click the button and then maybe direct the lighting a little bit. That's it, which I really have no problem to do. I never had any of the argument about creative Mm. because here's the thing, we are commercial artists we do for commercial project. Your work is not gonna hang in gallery. So they pay you. I think they understand their own brand better than you are. Right. That's how I see this thing. So I never get mad or anything. I know a lot of artists, they always just, ooh, commercial clients are stupid, blah, blah, blah. I mean, <sighs> like, they pay me good money. And I, right. what I do is just to help them to achieve whatever they want. I will help whatever I can. So I'm so happy to be on that kind of project.
0: Well, I want to ask one thing that I love is you have worked with a lot of major artists And I think in 3D, a lot of times you do, but there's always like, it's virtual. You don't actually work with a lot of major artists, but I think now with NFTs, there's this thing where celebrities are reaching out Mm. and kind of wanting to do one-on-one art projects for something for them to sell on their platforms. Same with like a lot of bands. Art is very much becoming a bigger part with other mediums of art, like Mm. music and producers and actors so being working with i know you one of my favorites megan the stallion i know you did some photography with her and some other she's amazing yeah what other kind of icons who else have you worked with and how do you go about presenting working with these kind of people do you just kind of like stay quiet or do you kind of like direct a little bit i have no idea well that's (laughs) something i can't really talk here it's okay
1: (laughs) it's gonna be awkward to talk about well, I had to say, yeah, working with celebrity and the verse working with models are completely different. Interesting. Because models, they already have this idea. I'm a model. I'm here to work with the photographer to create something new. Because models, they don't have a personal brand, I would say, right? They do, but I mean, like, they already accept they will be changed. Right shoot, right? But celebrity is different. I think celebrity is more like commercial work because they already have their own personal brand. They will have to maintain that brand for a period of time. It just have to suit their music career or acting career. It has to be there. I totally understand. So when I work with them, I just treat it as a commercial job. It's the same thing. So whatever they want to achieve, if that's their goal, I help them. So when you work with them, some of them, also it depends on the personality. Some celebrities are so nice, so down to earth. You just feel like he's not even there or something. you know, You just like <laughs> hang out with them a little bit. And then after that they will even ask your phone number or whatever they actually want to keep in touch. Wow, some of them, are, when you see them in other media, like TV, or whatever, they seems like so loud and out, but in person, they are so quiet. Usually, it's always the opposite. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's how I found. Yeah, like Megan is so quiet, super quiet. Really? Yeah. I love her. But she's really, really nice. She's really, really nice. Yeah, I love her and she's gorgeous. Her body is amazing. Her face is amazing. I feel like after the shoot, we don't even need to retouch her photo. I right. feel like we don't need to because it's already good. You? Her body just yeah. there. So it's it's actually very impressive to me. That's what I remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm. And I'm, I've am i heard other people say that a lot of celebrities are completely the opposite of oh. like what you expect. <laughs> you, you, can, you cannot imagine. <laughs> some of the nicest guys are just complete dicks. And some of the people that play the mm. nice role is like actually the most craziest, Usually, party you've yes. ever met.
1: If they have this nice persona out there,
0: sometimes yeah, they are not that nice. (laughs) (laughs) It might be what makes them so good is they're able to play both parts. They know how. I
1: also think maybe, you know, because they always act like, not act, I think everyone has different side of them. They just feel more comfortable, maybe in a private place. They just are more chill. But I do say also like, I've seen so many female celebrities They are two different person with and without like personality wise, Mm -hmm. when they put makeup, they transfer completely. Even personality wise, just change (laughs) so dramatically. You have no idea. I was like, what? I
0: love that. I love that. That's too funny. But if I ever meet any of my celebrities, they better act like they are in the movie, not in. (laughs) not not gonna happen (laughs) yeah well cool so that's like one of the most amazing fun creative just wild infield stories (laughs) so then how did you go from this photography to getting 3d models a how did you get introduced to it and then b what is that like and what are you doing with it guys i mean what everything on your instagram is just mind-blowing oh thank you that's a big compliment um
1: (laughs) recently i have this thought because i really hate my instagram and all these photos i put up there i even download this app it's called mass delete or something. I just want to delete my whole Instagram, but somehow the app didn't work for me. Like I can't log in to my account. It really bothers me. So that holds me back. I couldn't delete my Instagram. I'm so glad
0: that your Instagram <laughs> is still there. Thank I actually God.
1: never like my work. It's the world trying to tell you something. Oh, but thank you so much. I don't know. Like I always feel, I don't know like about my work. I really don't think they are amazing or anything. I think they're okay. They can be out there for some reason, but not... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like when I look at my work, it's so torturing. I never hang any of my work at home. Never. In my whole life. When my friends, they have a new house, whatever. They always ask me, Hey, can I have this as a gift? Could you print me one? I was like, no, you're not going to hang my work at your place. No way. You know, (laughs) I don't want to see that when I visit you. I just don't want anything to do with it because it's.
0: I don't know. Wow. You really are a true artist. The hatred of your own work is amazing. <laughs>
1: no, but first all, you know, it's fashion. It only lasts two months, right? Yeah. Fashion photography only lasts two months. After two months, it's just, it, it expires because the new clothes are coming, <laughs> you right. know? So you, that's yeah. only, I think only serve that purpose. That's why when I look at my Instagram, I always say, oh my God. That's so old. <laughs> oh my God, that designer doesn't even in charge anymore. You know, <laughs> you know like when no, you look right. at it, it's just like I've always thought. But so, since maybe a, a little bit about two years ago, I start to do some like researching because I was thinking maybe I want to go back to my younger me just doing all the too much is never enough style but in new york it's kind of hard to produce so i was thinking okay maybe i can use like a virtual way so i actually look into some virtual studio like they will have this 360 led screen you know
0: what i'm talking about like 100 percent, man those things that's what's coming out with the mandalorian yeah and doing- exactly
1: so yeah. Th- that's when i start to looking for all these studio for possibility and then Slowly, I just learned a little bit more and I was like, okay, you had to use 3D software for this and that, and blah, 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 and then I just asked my friend, hey, do you know any art, uh, like 3D artists? And then they introduced me to feel, and then I started to talk to them, and then I started to try things with them. They were really keen, some of them are uh, came to try stuff with me, so I would just take a photo. And then uh, I bought a 360 camera, so I would just make a HDRI and then send it mm. to them. And then they would just merge my photo with some 3D element. And then I would just you know, tell them maybe the lighting, you had to do this a little bit more and that. And then after that, it just looked very realistic. A lot of people even ask us, how did you move all these like, maybe like 20 tons of rock into studio? And I was like, wow, that's just, mm. you know, like, it's just 3d and then that's the first time i taste it right now i feel like okay 3d might be a good way for me to you know develop my style
0: a little bit more so i look into more so you're doing 360 photography a curious on exactly the process you used i used to when i started use 12 gopros which stitching was a nightmare that took hours but so when you were doing the 360 photography, how'd you do that? And then B, so you were sending that to virtual studios and they were implementing oh, no. that. As-
1: the virtual studio was too expensive. Oh, okay. I, mean, even. I can't afford it because no client, also fashion clients, they always a little bit behind. I'm so sorry, fashion people, <laughs> but you guys are always a little bit behind. Like they want to see everyone else already using the technology and then they would jump into it. They are always not the first one who's high tech. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Like I always feel that way, because I'm really into technology, whatever involved, I always want to try. But like the virtual studio, too expensive, so that's not an option. So that's why I start to work with 3D artists as just Photoshop comp. Uh, so they just make environment for me and then put my models in there. So I bought this 360 camera, like little one just to help them to match the lighting. So I will just make a lighting map, HDRI on set after mm-hmm. the model. And then I'll just put the uh, camera where models stand and then just take a 360 shot and then just, it's really easy that software just make a, a HDRI sent to them and then they able to match the lighting. If it's not right, I will have Zoom call and then just tell them where to add light, where to, blah, blah, blah. you know, so yeah, it's a. A lot about lighting, but after I done that for a while, I did have some bad experience because first of all, I think people in 3D, especially CGI or VFX industry, they don't really care about fashion. Right. Not a bad thing. Not everybody should love fashion. I don't think if you like it, like it, don't like it, don't like it. So it's about the mutual understanding. They don't really understand that they don't want to spend too much money, too much time on some project. So which would stress me out. And sometimes I do taste a little bit like attitude and, (laughs) and then I feel like, okay, and they don't really show the clothes in a good way. Right. So after that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just study myself. (laughs) also i think when i talk to them i already have some knowledge not like zero right like because i studied 3d x max back in university i kind of know the material how uv work blah blah you know just not really good at it but then i just download blender and i found okay my computer is not good enough so i i went to get like a good computer, not a good computer. I'm still working on a shitty laptops. So. <laughs> so, you know, a better laptop <laughs> that cost yeah. me like 1400 <laughs> and yeah. then I started to use <laughs> Blender. And then I found Blender is really confusing. I finished few things that my personal thing, I didn't really like it. It's just, there's things I want to make. I wouldn't able to make it in Blender. I'm not saying Blender is a fantastic tool. But i feel like maybe the community in blender they are really more uh, because you can see the people who speak in blender right like mm-hmm. even huber or some other people like so leaders like this they would just take a lot of fans to do similar work so you will end up just when you research tutorial you only find a very similar tutorial and i didn't know anything about blender or 3d so I couldn't find the things I want to do in Blender tutorial on YouTube. So I actually found it on Cinema 4D community. So I start to try Cinema 4D and I found it's easier. I mean, maybe not easier, but, you know, it's more what I need. That's how I choose end up with Cinema 4D. So now I'm just in charge of my own stuff. I don't have to take other people's attitude. <laughs> and I don't have to be the bad person, always tell you, this is wrong. You should do this. You know, I hate to do that too. You know, so sometimes I'm too nice to tell people, no, You know, I was just like, maybe what if, you know? So, so now I'm just like yeah. completely in charge of my shit. So I was like, I'm good. So
0: yeah. Love that. So when it comes to Blender versus Cinema 4D, And besides the things you were looking to do that you just felt Cinema 4D was better at, because that's what you were wanting to do, besides those key things, was there anything else that you thought Blender was either better or worse at in Cinema 4D? You know what? I actually still use Blender
1: sometimes. I like Blender's sculpting tool better than Cinema 4D. So Mm. if I do, as you know, like 90% of my 3D work is 3d scanned model involved we had to do a lot of clean up right it's impossible to clean up in cinema 4d i feel like they suck at it <laughs> but in a blender it's actually much easier and it's also i think it's easier to for like um, if you just want to do a dirty job of the Retopology, there's a way to do it. And then you can re-project the material on in Blender. It's easier. Cinema 4D, I haven't find a good solution yet. So that's what I do, but that's really just like if we have a job that have zero budget, you just had to do everything like in a dirty way, but kind of like lower detail that you don't have mm. to show like super close up face or anything if it's just like a full body shot in the whatever the environment that will work. So I still use that for Blender. But the only thing I choose Cinema4D is when you Google Blender tutorial, most of them are modeling tutorial. Mm. Which I'm not looking to be a modeler because I already knew I don't want to be a modeler. Right. So I just want to create the environment for my model. Yeah, so in maybe an a little bit animation. And the Cinema 4D, when you Google Cinema 4D tutorial, there's more on that side. Like people just show you how to create grass, how to create a uh, mountain, how to create this and that, you know? So that's the reason I get into Cinema 4D also because all these MoGraph tool, it's really easy for me as an idiot. Like that just <laughs> helped me to right. make things move so much easier. So I don't have to like tweak everything or whatever. So that really the reason, so, you know,
0: I still use both. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm glad, cause I have kind of had that feeling that Blender had a bit more better when it comes to like fixing models. And I've heard that too, mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. just modeling, like it's got better. Tools. The modeling is so much better. Actually, I actually modeled some little things.
1: For my own project in Blender. Because I feel like the Blender, the whole thing that bevel or whatever, so easy. It's just because you have the shortcut and you just click it and then just so quick. In Cinema 4D, oh my god, I can't even talk about it. I hate modeling in Cinema 4D. It sucks. <laughs> and sculpting, it sucks.
0: Yeah, it's not ideal. I'm even getting into the VR modeling, but uh we'll get into VR here in a second. So I guess lastly. Your work, it looks like you're doing this volumetric photography on models or photogrammetry and you're getting these models. A, how did you get into that? B, that is just so cool. So how do you get the models? Is this for like a company that you're doing this? Yeah, just tell me all about your process and that whole story that you've been, because that's a newest thing you're doing, correct?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm really trying to make this my next I mean, I'm already doing it. Actually, I've been doing it for a while. So this company, shout out to my buddy, Ivan, who started this company, NYCAP3D. You guys should check Mm. them out. So he started the company. I think he was also just learning and trying to figure things out back in 2020, so that's the first time we met because his studio was really close to my photography studio. It's in Navy Yard, but he just across the street. So one time I was just Googling 3D scan and somehow I found a somewhere in Soho. That was pandemic already. I think they closed. And then the people referred me to him, says he actually have 3D scan. So I called him. I was directing a show, a digital show for New York Fashion Week. So we want to try 3D scan a model. So that's the first time I work with him. But back then, his equipment, whatever, was also kind of not mature, right? So the result we got wasn't great. So we just have to win with it. But you know, like, because I'm just really open to try things. So I think Ivan was also like, you know, we we'll just talk about it. Like I was just tell him, how do I think about these? Like w- maybe which way will improve. So I actually gave him some tips, like what kind of lighting stroke. Cause he was using LED to light the set, which it make wow. the camera has to go really low speed. So when you have low speed, you have motion blur. Once you have motion blur, your model is not coming out great because it's not sharp, right? So I Mm -hmm. I gave him some tips just using my photography background. I just tell him, maybe you should just use this slide, this slide, this slide, and how to light them and then how to sync them. So he would just also slowly develop his uh, machine. And now he has two completely high res, super nice setup is one for head scan. Another one for full body scan. And even now we kind of like a pottering on this now, Mm. he will support me on some of my personal project. I will bring him some job over there and there, but we are also just trying to make something new, I can't really tell you yet, but like he's trying to make that side of the things happening. So yeah, so what I'm doing right now same thing i think it's still like a photo but right now we just take 200 photos instead of one just take 200 photos at the same time photogrammetry and then just use a reality capture to make the 3d model out of it and then for my use i just clean up a little bit and then sometimes i rig them a little bit to make them move a little bit and then cinema 4d to create the environment and then just put there Sometimes substance painter to create the texture stuff like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. I love that. I feel like it's going to be such a big field with photogrammetry coming up. I think that as VR comes out, I mean, I'm even tempted to do it one day for like VR chat and just get an actual full body scan of me and just Mm -hmm. rig it up and put myself in VR chat with a human. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, that would be cool.
0: I feel like there's going to be a major demand for having avatars. I think it'll even get to the point. I mean, and you guys are just so ahead of the game with that and what you're doing. And I think it'll get to the point where it's like people are just coming in lines to get this done as yeah. VR. Chat. You might even see it going into malls, even yeah. because it's just bad at like having a human model of yourself in VR would be so fun. Yeah. Like, I've tried to even make fake 3D models that look like me, and I just I'm so not good at modeling, especially in Cinema 4D. Yeah. Three <laughs> D
1: scan is definitely more accurate in when it comes to avatar, or whatever. But also, I think shout out to Ivan again. He's trying so hard right now to develop this all automatic system that you can click one button and then it just everything just go through, collect all the data, and then just process the model itself, and then very fast. I mean, he's working on that. But I think once he have that, it will be a game changer. So these things are not only cater to high-budget movie or high-budget video game anymore. Because right now, people yeah. using photogrammetry mostly are in superhero movie. They will just make an avatar to, to have the 3D, then 3D print it out and then make the armor because it's more accurate, close to the actor's body. Or they will do like a digital double or video game. They just scan them, just create the video game character. So no one really uses it in fashion, so I think I'm the first one. I would say, yeah, I'm the first one who used the 3D grammetry like this in fashion. And oh, wow. as a photographer, so <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm just doing something new, but also that scares people, because they have no idea how that works. <laughs> but I would have to say like photogrammetry has some limitations. A lot of material like fur or hard surface, like a shiny hard surface object or like diamonds or that kind of transparent stuff, lace, or any kind of too shiny object just cannot scan. I think they need to develop this. I don't know how can they do it, but I hope in five years or three years, this will get solved.
0: Like right now you can't scan hair. Wow, really? Wow. And I think you also, I remember you were telling me a bit about the process with eyeballs, right? Like, so when you- oh the eyeball,
1: because it's, even
0: we don't notice it, but the eyeball is
1: actually reflecting stuff, right? There's always a spectrum material (laughs) on top of it. So when you scan, your eyeball is almost like disappearing, almost. So when you see the model, it doesn't go out, it actually go in. Wow. I think that's what makes 3D scan look less human. Than Mm. you know model but what we do right now we actually replace the eyes when we scan model we take off their fake eyelashes whatever just as smooth as we can and then after that we will add it back right so that's how i figured this out but also we developed this pipeline it's kind of unusual it's not like the game way it's not really like the movie way so we kind of like in a fashion usable way it's like Financially kind of affordable, Mm. but we're not go crazy on detail either. Right. So it's like a fine balance.
0: Yeah. I even see, and just taking a step back a bit to even just the general usage of photogrammetry and where i see you guys could just be getting so much work in is i think that going back into vr besides just having the practical social application of it and even doing meetings and stuff like that is i think there's going to be virtual movies kind of like you were saying where mm-hmm. because some people think oh i want to watch a movie in vr i'll use a 360 camera but a 360 camera isn't actually 3d you have to stay still and you can turn your head but you can't look right around the object, right? Know? Right. You're static. So yeah, to have an actual actor or with short films, anything, you have to actually have a three D model. Yeah. So I can totally see that stuff just as VR comes out even more and more, and or AR, I could see that taking off. And with the eyeballs, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like AI came out, especially like in yeah. videos automatic you just take photos the of the hair
1: eyes. you know that really strong it's a struggle right now i'm i'm learning how to create hair which is a mess <laughs> you have so to tell the, me single for the hair tool is a mess <laughs> that's what i say like it's terrible yeah but that's what i had to do because the model cannot really have flowy hair So there's no movement so some model i just had to do it mm-hmm. but right now even iphone came with lidar right I think mm. 3D scan is yeah. going to be the future, even in fashion industry, people don't see it. They're scared of it or they just don't want to have anything to do with it. But I think in five or 10 years, when all these billboard all change to LED, the motion is the future. And that's why TikTok is taking over Instagram. because. People like to see things moving with sound or music, or whatever. I just think that's a new thing and when new things coming out, people always hate on it. Yeah. We try to understand when you go back to the whole art history, when there's a new art movement, old artists always get hate on it. So right now, yeah, what we do get hate, that's normal I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been called fake art (laughs) a few times. I was like, okay, I'm totally fine with it. (laughs) I was going to say the one thing I could totally see you rocking out in the future. And one of the questions is where do you see yourself in the future? And I'm going to jump in and say where I see you in the future. Okay. Because fashion, even though it's behind a lot of times in the shoots, I think it also is like it's in the field of advertising a lot of times, Yeah. regardless of what you're doing. And so I think that's going to be a huge part into VR. And I would not be surprised if as VR comes into the public space, if you are one of the people that were making, because you have to make the virtual environment in order for your model. I'm going to guess that in the future, you're going to be working with, I'm not going to guess, this is what I want you to do. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> is you're going to be working with major brands and, whether it's doing modeling for clothes or products, and you'd be making these virtual environments based on just your history of making, working with various sculptures, and then as well, just having that photography where you're working with models and having your photogrammetry experience, and then having that being placed inside of these amazing environments that you create. And it would be a bit branded because mm. you have like kind of that experience. And I think you would be like a leader in ways that we haven't experienced. Because, I, I mean, that's one thing I just, it's crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm going to give you that task. <laughs> I, I do.
1: Yeah, I hope so. But I actually distant myself a little bit from fashion right now. I just focus on my own stuff.
0: Uh, no, that's fair. Well, then it's going to be your own stuff. And fashion people are going to want you. But you're going to say no.
1: Yeah, let's see. I don't know right now. I have mixed feeling about fashion. I do like the creative part of it, but also like you said, most of it's commercial related. So sometimes, yeah, it's all about selling the product. I'm not blaming on it, but right now I'm actually, I'm focusing on my own personal project, which is called perception, Series. I want to scan all different body types all different gender or different race or different because body is something I always very interested in because I've been paint naked model when I was younger so many years and then sculpture the art industry it's always about that so I'm actually doing something without fashion <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> naked bodies but which yeah. I actually feel happier I don't know because I just like it more also I feel like It's not going to go out of fashion because human body is not going to be out of fashion.
0: Right, right. (laughs) It's
1: going to (laughs) stay. So I don't know how many I can do, but I want to do 100. So I just put the number here. So hopefully to next year, I will be able to finish 100 different people. So right now I'm every day just doing casting work. I'll just call modeling agency, but also, you know, like some modeling, a lot of models, they just don't understand this either. So it's kind of difficult for me to get a model who's willing to be on this project because they just like 3D, that's not me. That doesn't represent me. I didn't do this photo. But I was like, yes, you did. So it, it's another issue that fashion people don't really get because you're just like, oh, that's not me. That's just an avatar. Also, I think because fashion people don't really understand 3D, so they work with These 3D artists, these two, three years, it become kind of like a trendy thing. Like the celebrity or influencer or magazine, they will collaborate with 3D artists. And then they create something just like a 3D avatar you see on Instagram all the time. And then they just put a name on it like a celebrity's name right it doesn't even look like that celebrity right you know so that put this thing in people's mind is like if it's 3d it's not gonna look like me anyway right they just put name there but 3d scan is so accurate you have no idea that is you i think for my work i also try really hard to make it look as realistic as i can but in a fancy world kind of So not realistic, but you know what I mean? Like the model wise, I do want them look like them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. So right now I'm, yeah, I do have some struggle, but I start to cast my friends in there. Most of my friends are super, you know, cool. They just like, yeah, sure, I'll be naked for you, you know. So some of them just like come, just like strip naked, naked. I didn't ask for that. I was just like, no, like, I'm ready. I don't want to see your dick. Just like put, put some like pants on whatever, you know. Like, But I'm lucky, like I'm surrounded by people who understand art and a lot of them are artists. So it's easier for me to start that role. But Now this perception issue, uh, the theory coming out a little bit. So I think some people see it. So models, Mm -hmm. they understand a bit more now. So it's a little bit easier to get models.
0: When you have a model, do you have to do any like directing like you would in a photo shoot, how is that process? Say, for instance, you have a great model coming in yeah. and they want their photogrammetry. What do you have to tell them to get them ready for the shoot? Or if I was there, what would you be like to me? Like, hey, step <laughs> here. And then what? Like,
1: <laughs> Well, I think that sometimes life just make you go through a lot and then it will all make sense. So my Mm. dance background really helped that on that. Mm. Like I know how to move. I know poses and you know, 3d grammatry is really fast process. You only get one chance. Once it's click, that's it. Wow. Right. You cannot just keep taking photos, like photography, because there's only one chance. Interesting. You take it and there's like 200 photos already taken and the data is downloading. It will take so long to do another Whoa, shot. Whoa, really? Yeah. Also, I think that, I don't know, like, I'm really happy about my life experience now. Like I have never had any problem working with models. Even they are a really new model, like they don't know how to pose. I'm just lucky I done that, like I danced for so many years. So I know how to direct them and I just like put them in place and I just count one, two, three, and then that's it. Wow. And I think it really helped my work to look different than other people's because other people, they don't know how, when they do photogrammetry, all the models just like standing in a pose yeah or t pose and then they try to t pose (laughs) something you know so either a pose or just like a standing idol pose it just look boring right yeah it doesn't have that magic
0: (laughs) yeah and i feel like even when you have someone in a t pose i get it it's like oh well now i can model them however i want but i feel like the waiting on a TPO or on, on most models, you notice the bends. You know, yeah, do. it doesn't look as good yeah. as somebody who actually just did the pose. Yeah. And I love, too, that it, I had no idea that you had to do it on a one-take. It's very much like old school photography.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You take it and then you had to wait for the whole process. The fastest yeah. you will get is like hours,
0: right? So that's wow. like, no, like I'm talking about like film photography. Oh, right. right. No, even more. You have to go to a whole different place to get it developed and everything. Yeah. How long will it take a photogrammetry for one shot? An hour.
1: No, like uh, just take the shot really quick. Yeah. Uh, just one shot. That's one second. And then download the data to the hardware and then process them and then just store them in the folder. So you can have those data. It took like maybe three minutes, four minutes. It's fairly wow. quick. It's a processing
0: okay. part that really pain the ass. Yeah. So you don't, even if you have two, you're really just going to pick one.
1: Yeah. Cause it just takes yeah, hours. That
0: makes, right. It
1: depends on your computer right now. And like Caps 3D, they have pretty good computers. So you will take them two hours even. Two hours to process one model. If I do it at home, I have to do it overnight. I just leave it on and then go to sleep. And next morning, and maybe even after a few coffees, it will be there. You know, it's like
0: twelve hours, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going? I know you're working on this project, but what would be kind of like your ideal plan in the future, like four years, five years, 10 years, 50 years?
1: Uh, I I don't know. But as we talk about it, I think anything, if I planned it, it would never happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I learned that lesson long time ago. So right now I just want to make myself busy and doing something I like, and I don't have to mm. listen to anyone. But I do have small strategy, but I don't think I want to talk about it. You know, small strategy just for myself. I don't think if you will happen or whatever. But people already calling me about NFT. I'm still thinking about it because I actually know how art industry work. I think NFT just another way for people to not pay tax. So <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> it's a great way to store value.
1: Yeah, I know <laughs> art so well, but I also know some female recipe about art. So I'm just gonna do this whole series till I couldn't. I <laughs> think that's right. what I set my goal as. But I, I think if I finish ninety-nine models, yeah, I will do one hundred. Just me, myself. I will be the one hundred naked model in my work.
0: Love that.
1: So, yeah, if you guys want to see me naked, just keep <laughs> like my Instagram post. <laughs> Make me... <laughs> It made me feel like, okay, I can't do 100. Maybe I will quit
0: after 20 or 30. Who knows? (laughs) It's going to happen, man. I mean, the fact that you are where you're at in just four months of doing 3D. I mean, I can't even... Six months now. Six months now. So
1: don't scare people. You know, six months.
0: I'm not that... (laughs) Great. I feel like though my first six months, it wasn't until I hit about my like... I mean, even into a year is when I really kind of started taking... I would say maybe nine months... I did like dailies for an entire year from like not doing 3D to doing 3D every single day. I had to post something regardless of how good or bad it was for one year. But it wasn't until, yeah, I would say like the stuff I started to put on my reel was about at like the eight, nine month marker where I was like, Okay, I think I just compared. I'm a motion designer and now I think this stuff is just as cool as my motion design work. And it looks good enough to be like, this could pass as commercial-esque work. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm just like, man, you're just getting started. I can't <laughs> wait to see what you produced.
1: I think the Adobe job actually really pushed me. <laughs>
0: right! We didn't even talk about that!
1: I told you, right? Because I really just started... 3D in general, like the 3D software, I actually just start to use Cinema 4D for two weeks <laughs> and then I got my agent just like, Hey, you're going to be an ambassador for Adobe. So they want you to create some arts or short video for them. I was like, okay, are they going to have set up like a whole shoots, right? With model, blah, blah, because I don't want to be in there. Right. So that's right. my first thought, I'm a photographer. Do you think like a photographer? And then I had meeting with them. They were like, oh no, for copyright issue, we actually don't have that kind of budget for you have a model in your, you know, like a shot. We prefer you just create something maybe like your self portrait, whatever, or something that represent you and my wow. agent somehow just like, Oh, he can do 3d. D. I was <laughs> like, <"What?"> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and you know, like, I cannot just say I cannot. Right. I just like, yeah. So.
0: Uh, yes. And yeah. So yeah,
1: so I accept it and I fake it till I make it. So I was in Miami for a job. So they want the treatment overnight. They want to see something. So I had overnight. To yeah. So pretty much they gave me three days to present whatever I want. It's like, I think people in 3D call it style frame, right? yeah and what the hell i know what style frame is like <laughs> i was like i have no idea
0: <laughs> wow
1: i only know photography references you know i, and I, right. I can sketch okay so when i <laughs> preach idea i do a lot of sketch because i'm not the best people who reference other photos whatever i never really do that i right. don't reference other people's work i do like old people's work like if they did, <laughs> i will reference you so you know like, uh, so i googled everything and i didn't sleep in miami for two days plus i was shooting and then i went back to the hotel just like googled everything from very start how to do this how to do that and then i create this style frame and send over to them i just use a dash 3d model right that's what i can find i use a dash 3d model make it tweak it a little bit look like me but not really and then i put yeah. this chinese hot pot on my head because i was like i really don't know what i want and just like i do like hot pot okay i'm just gonna put hot pot on my head and i put a lot of environment that kind of made my art today you know a lot of renaissance whatever stuff in that hot pot and they actually really liked it and then they just like, okay, so you have two weeks to do this, you know? Wow. And then if you could, you could make it like a, animation would be much easier for us. I was like, no way. Like I cannot make animation. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, it looked like it was an animation, wasn't it? Yeah, but like luckily, so they pair me up with a Psych Studio. Okay. So I just did everything On my end, all the environment set up, I modeled that hot pot because I couldn't find the Chinese hot pot model online. Just saying, like Chinese people need 3D model too. just make it, you guys, you know, like when I tried to Google like Chinese hot pot 3D model on like terrible Square, whatever, I couldn't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find anyone that really represent the Chinese style, you know, so I had to make that hot pot. But because I had to make that hot pot and I'm so bad at it, I actually just, I went to quicklist I put this post, I said, like, looking for a cinema 4D tutor. So I found a tutor, Paul, thank you, Paul, like you really helped me. So I've been meeting with that tutor on zoom two, three times a week just to finish that thing. So he helped me a lot with that. Yeah. Basically I think that job really gave me so much knowledge. You just had to do it. Otherwise you die, you know, (laughs) just to that point, you know, so, and after that, I Send all these models to them, and then they come back to me. They're just like, Hey, is your model rigged? Can you rig them? I was like, No way, I cannot rig them. <laughs> so, Definitely not. And then I just Google a lot of things like how to animate dragon, blah, blah. And then I find some solution. I just email them, you know, I just talked to them, Hey, what are, if we use this method, blah, blah. And then, you know, it's a lot of back and forth, but they are so cool. They actually wow. tweaked fuse angle, whatever. They didn't make a major change, but they make a small change that make it better because my fairy in my shot was naked. So they had to put this teacher on the ferry and says Shakespeare <laughs> on top. I was just like, okay, cool. You know, like, where's my naked gay ass fairy? You know, I want <laughs> <laughs> the.
0: The fuck is this? Yeah. yeah, but
1: yeah, it's cool. I enjoy that. So after that, I think really just make my cinema foodie skill to another level. So I think sometimes you really just had to get that push, right? <laughs>
0: yeah I mean dude one hundred percent, and that's like a hundred. Percent. They just say yes and just do it. Yeah, that's a big part of the field is pushing yourself, and the best way to do it is say yes even when the is no. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I hope
1: Adobe doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I, I I still want to work with them in the future. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm good now. I'm so good. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing though that you got to. It's so funny. Everybody wants to work at a studio, but you got a studio to work with you like that's such a cool yeah i'm lucky i'm just so lucky like i said like anything
1: in my life if i planned never happened so now (laughs) i learned my thing just don't plan anything just do whatever i feel right wow at the moment that's my life
0: theory right now i guess I love that. And I want to even mention too, just for anybody listening that might be thinking about it, because I did this when I'm working in VR now, I did kind of exactly what you did. I really wanted to learn VR and I was looking up tutorials and I just, not all of it was right or exactly what I wanted to do. So I hit up the guy that was doing the tutorials and I was like, yo, can you sit with me like once a week? And Every week now I get a professional tutorial from this kid, VoWagon. If you guys look up his tutorials for anyone interested in VR chat and Unity. And he sits down with me every single week and it's a game changer having a pro walk you through.
1: I do think one on one, you actually learn much faster than go to a course or school.
0: It's unreal.
1: I think as an artist, especially 3D artists, Besides the art history, I think even that you can just do it yourself. Once you know all these art knowledge, you already have whatever the art in your brain, and then you can just. I really think hire someone, one-on-one, it's going to be much cheaper than your tuition. <laughs>
0: oh, 100%, especially if it's coming from college. Yeah. Because in a college class, you have to wait for everybody else to get their questions answered. It's only an hour. Then they come by and you. Yeah. by the time the teacher gets to you, someone else next to you is wanting to ask questions. You get three minutes, but on a paid one-on-one session, Yeah. Because I was also getting stuck on things that would take me two hours of researching or just looking for like, how do I get this? And now I'll save that question for my one-on-one session. He'll show me in five seconds, five seconds, go through deep dives. And it's just the best money I've ever spent ever for learning.
1: One-on-one just more specific catered to you. Yeah. It's faster and in a way it definitely save your money. Mm-hmm. Imagine paying twenty thousand or thirty thousand a year in university, but you actually don't have that much I mean thirty thousand seriously you can hire a 3 3D generalist twice a week, right? Oh, exactly. You know, not saying like you should do it, but you know, like, but I just, I don't know if people want to do it either, you know, like a 3D <laughs> camera they probably not, I'm not going to do it too either, but you know, like, I think for that money, yeah, you definitely can hire someone.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, especially for anybody like in Unity, I'm trying to get into VR and there's a lot of coding stuff and it's just mm. coding is so complicated, but he is so good at just getting me an effect I want. I just did a new little Nas video. I don't know if you saw his one where he's in jail and he kind of breaks out (laughs) the new one, Uh but he's in the jail yard dancing and stuff. So I made it so you have to like walk out into the jail yard section, but I thought it would be so cool if there were spotlights, like the jail yard watchtowers, and if the lights were on you and would follow you as you run around the yard and the huge music video was there. Right, But it was like something that I probably would have spent a day trying to figure out and so much stress he's just like okay let's do a little coding and we just typed four lines of little code and mm-hmm. boom i got the most amazing experience and it's an adrenaline high and it's so fun <laughs> to like, making art so fun i can't recommend enough getting a tutor if you're ever having problems or stuck or you're learning a new program Do some tutorials to learn basics. And then once you want to get really hard into some cool stuff, it's just fun to think of something and be like, how do I make that? And they're just like, let's do it. Let's go ahead and make it. Yeah, exactly. You're totally right so i just want to ask two or three questions here this has been just such a fun talk man i've been loving this (laughs) i'm afraid you have like problem editing now it's so like we talk so much This is like one of the longest i knew as soon as you started telling me you were a professional dancer and i didn't know that i was like oh my god we have so much to cover man. (laughs) like
1: i danced for some
0: big ass celebrity before No, i'm kidding (laughs) yeah this is going to be a part one of 10 podcasts no yeah my story is not that interesting <laughs> <laughs> compared to me and where we want to hear my story i lived in a farm no i'm just kidding it wasn't a farm but it... <laughs> i actually when i was younger i lived in the
1: mountains did That's you true. yeah the first time i we moved my family moved to the city was when i was 12 yes so only mountains after dawn there's no light like that kind of mountain i'm talking about Say we need more <laughs> podcasts
0: we're gonna have to have multiple episodes here uh,
1: yeah. and now i'm in new york <laughs> imagine
0: <laughs> the story man i love yeah. yo, know, i love personal story i love hearing about the journey uh, it's crazy yeah you know, the journey is also like for anybody too that's new to the field or even just still i mean it's always just a nice reminder to just remember like man it was a tough journey or it was a crazy journey like Sometimes you don't realize you're in the good moments until later. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, when I was shooting just music videos with my friends and doing basic little motion graphics at a coffee shop, sitting at Caribou yeah. Coffee for eight hours with my laptop. Yeah, I know. I do miss
1: my old days sometimes. I feel like when you're younger, you just feel more creative, and you worry less about realistic life or yeah. uh, re- more... But now there's other things you had to worry. And I feel like then people just not really work that hard for their arts or creativity. Yeah. You
0: know? It's like you make it or you're not, maybe yeah. it's just kind of,
1: I don't know. But I, I'm trying to get back there. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. Cause I hate seeing myself just making a lot of money, but like depressed. <laughs> I had that time, you know, but now I'm
0: much better. Yeah. So, I can't really talk too much about my corporate job. But yeah, I'm like, I'm at a corporate place now. And it's kind of like the creative struggle is just always going to be there when you're at a Mm -hmm. corporate place. But the money is just like, like, yeah, I can't even comprehend it. That's why they pay so much, I think yeah but yeah you gotta find out ways to just be creative and to do like i'm doing some fun projects like you're doing some awesome art projects you just gotta start i did my 365 dailies. that was fun damn that's crazy yeah i I can't do daily i can't yeah it's a mental struggle and i don't even want to get into it too much because it's a long story but i Definitely feel like recently just getting into again, another reason why uh, having someone who does tutoring with you is great is because you get pushed every year where you're like, I don't want to fucking do this, like going to the gym almost. And then you do it like, this is amazing. I'm inspired. I just make the coolest (laughs) shit ever. Yeah. And working in VR has totally given me that spark back and like, now I know how to make cool stuff in VR. So, Uh which leads me into my next question. What do you think about VR and AR? Have you tried it yet? Are you doing anything in that field of work or playing games? Do you have a headset? I don't own any headset because I actually played
1: few games with my friend. He it's actually my friend's brother. So every Christmas I would visit them in San Jose. That's a routine now. So I went there and then his brother always have all these crazy tech gadget whatever new is out he always have it mm. ps5 he had it you know right. like right. It's just like that kind of dude so i play the vr game with him a little bit i think that's my arrogant ass <laughs> like <laughs> i will only like things when it become pretty mm. i think vr right now it's still in that rough age it's just remind me 15, 16 years ago when we started 3DX Max, it's ugly. It's not so high res. There's not much detail or even a color or the whole model is not dark gray because I think you had to maintain a really low polygon count. So that's my bad because that's why I learned flash because flash (laughs) software is so flashy back then, you know, and now it's out of the day. But now like I'm doing whatever, I just like pretty things. First Mm -hmm. of all, I'm shallow. I like things that look good first. So I think I will wait for a little bit for VR to develop a little bit more because right now, if I get into it, I know I'm not able to make things that I like that. I will just get struggled. Fair enough. I don't like that part of me because i know even back when i was work for artists if there's task or installation i know it's not gonna be for example either budget or whatever or time if we can't make that look good i just choose not to do it because i don't want to have just for me because when i see half ass down work i just hate myself so much i know me right ar i'm actually working on a ar project right now with a uh, london-based magazine they're really cool wow. you guys had to look at them they call cyber c-y-b-r so they are a new magazine but they doing it all in ar so every page if you scan it there will be something coming up so wow. i'm doing a cover story for them. So I did this 3D scan. I create environment. I would do animation with them. But at the same time, again, it's a problem is AR, you had to be maintain the size really, really, really small. Yeah. That struggled me because I want all these pretty little thing there and there a little bit. We couldn't have it. So now what we is doing is I'm just trying to make our model as low as possible. But if we do that, we lost the skin texture and all these mixed texture. It She looks so plasticky and the frame rate is so like, de, 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 de. it just doesn't yep. look smooth. And the color is not accurate. So I am struggling with it, but I had to say it looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. Go. You know, so yeah, I, I definitely think I'm not perfect. I just have my issue, you know, I, and I know my issue. So sometimes I would just wait for things a little bit better than I would just get into it.
0: So. Yeah, no, 100%, especially with using AR, because a lot of time that's using processing power off your phone versus mm-hmm. and even still like the Oculus headsets those ones are using just processing power in the headset. And so it's yeah. still very limiting. But then when I use my index, it's like you have unlimited power. But the thing is, is that's also such a limited small market. So mm. uh, there's a lot of that barrier to get over in the market. But yeah, and it is interesting, too, because with the processing power, it requires rendering on both eyes. So it's like you instantly down, right? That makes 0%. sense. So, there's definitely barriers to overcome, but I think it's like you said, it feels 10 to 15 years. I always say that we're in the PlayStation 1 graphics phase, of, you know, <laughs> you know, like it's gonna get good. You know, I wait
1: till a PlayStation 4 then got it. <laughs> PlayStation 1, 2, 3, I look at it it's like, uh, you know, I'll play a computer game. It's okay, you know, but, and then like PlayStation 4. Okay. I saw the Spider-Man game. I was just like, damn, that looks so good. So I bought my first PlayStation. <laughs> that is too funny. I'm such a shallow little gay. <laughs> like, I guess I just always a visual person. I think visual aspect is the first coming to me to decide doing something or not, I guess. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like I'm not the technical person. I'm the least technical person you probably <laughs> ever talked to. <laughs> I know nothing about CM4D. 4- if you you see how I work, you're gonna laugh at me because I just like seriously, I do my movements frame by frame. Not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I know.
0: I love that. that's that's probably a secret to why your eye is so good you refuse to look at anything that's not up to your standard of beauty
1: just <laughs> uh, really just not about that I just don't want to create that. Yeah, You know, like I really don't mind and I think people have good eyes, different eyes, they use very low poly stuff and then they create something super cool. I actually really, really respect that, but Mm. I guess I'm just kind of old school in a way because I just, my main influence is coming from all these classic art like Renaissance or, you know, Rococo, Brock, they all have crazy detail, right? I mean, if you look at my work, you kind of get where I come from is I use a lot of symmetrical composition or golden ratio. Sometimes I didn't even think about it, but like when I finish it, I just like, damn it, that's just again, you know, sometimes I try to break my role, but I couldn't, but I guess that's just every people's issue. I'm just good at one thing. I'm not good at everything.
0: Yeah. I want to have a virtual VR meetup, so I'm gonna have to lend you a headset or something so you can get at least a taste. If for as long as your eyes can bear to stare at. Night. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I actually seen videos like that. I think it's super fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like you have your own avatar, and people have all these fucked up things. It's like a mattress or whatever. I was just like that's kind of funny, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's anything you want. It's also with VR chat. At least I think it's the wild west of the internet it's like yeah it can be anything and whatever your brain imagines people can make any avatar any worlds and it's just no laws right now (laughs) yeah i know you're just seeing like a hundred little weird leprechauns running around screaming at you where's my pot of gold you're like what is happening right i don't know It's, (laughs) it's a fun experience but i can talk forever about it and this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for Thank being, you. uh, sharing your interesting life and all. Thank the, you all- for having me. Yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks so much.